0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Body and the Beast podcast. Coming straight into your ears for the next few hours are your awesome hosts, Dan Meredith and Jamie Alderton.
1: Hi folks and welcome to another episode of the Body and the
0: Beast. I am your body, Jamie Alderton. And I, as always, well, who am I, Jay? Who the fuck who are, are, you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who, are you? Yeah. who, are you? who <laughs> am I? Who am I? <laughs> I think I'm the beast. I think I'm the beast, which segues into subtly as ever the topic of today's podcast, which is Mr. Alderton, what we do and how it can help you. That is yeah, the
1: that is the, quickest, are... that is the quickest that yeah. is the quickest segue that we've ever had in the world
0: into our topic. Normally, we it takes us about five minutes to get round to it. And I'm just going to say one thing before we dive into this. Obviously, I was having a lot of fun with you in the last episode. And the amount of people who have DM'd me about my happiness cure, as in having a pizza, a nap, and cracking one off, is ridiculous. So thank you, listeners, for proving that I am brilliant and funny and modest.
1: <laughs> How's that echo chamber of yours, Mr. Meredith? <laughs> it's delightful,
0: mate. It's warm in here, mate. It's very relaxing. <laughs>
1: so what we do and how it can help you i thought yeah we're 28 episodes in and we we haven't really told people what we do
0: (laughs) yeah we kind of just like we've done this you know obviously this is sort of like round two for us with body and the beast we had a little pause whilst you know life got in the way um we were growing our businesses you know jamie was creating new children i was making some bad life choices and purchasing more lethal vehicles um but yeah we realized that we haven't actually kind of taken the time to share what we do and obviously what we do um can help you so we are going to share a little bit about our story where we've come from how we've got to where we are because it's neither me or jay started out with any intention to be where we are now so it's quite good to know people's backstories because sometimes when you listen you think you know i use that phrase a lot on the podcast you know i'm always mindful about it's all right for you and yeah things are much easier now than when i started but it might be good for you to Hear our journey a little bit, and also how we help people and what we do, and maybe we can help you. Yeah, and I think we we kind of spoke about,
1: the, I think we, the first couple of episodes of Body of the Beast we spoke about where we'd been. So okay. you know, between that time and and how we got where we are, um, so it'd be kind of nice to say where we are right now and what it is that we do, um, because you know it kind of I think it's super important to show people how much. Yeah. yourself changes over the years you change you know like both of us really came from personal trainer kind of background you came from corporate into personal trainer yeah. I very much came into you know British Army into working as a contractor into you know working in IT and then becoming a personal trainer so a lot has changed over there yeah. you know I, I think you know when I first started my business in 2012 and now it's 2023. There are things that have completely changed with regards to who it is that I work with and how much of a transition that has been. And a lot of that has come down to age, I would say. Yeah. Because when I first started my business, you know, 11, 12 years ago, I was, of course, about 25. And my mission at 25 was to get the most shredded human being on the planet and to help other people achieve that goal too which fast forward to today and i couldn't think of anything worse to do than to get absolutely uh, peeled and jump on stage it's as mate, you know with your diet with boxing um imagine that for
0: 16 weeks you know <laughs> it's God, not mate, a life i've got to be honest i'll just say a little funny story so i've been um prepping for this fight for a little while now and um i had this really nice, you know i'm being diligent you know tracking the macros checking on the scale weight and i'd hit my upper end of my target weight about six weeks ago and i was like yes you know the training alone is going to keep me there and then i, I tested it out in uh, the gym i go to it has a lot of professional fighters in it and you know the, the gym with my coaches um has got a really fancy scale on it and i thought that seems a little higher than the one at home so yeah i had the uh, the joy of finding out that actually another three kilos to go in four weeks fucking what do you do so my current diet i think is licking an apple and just screaming at myself <laughs> naked in the mirror for eight hours a day which i stole from i mean but yeah it's it is a it is a challenging thing and you know my you know all my you know my background obviously was you know obviously been in corporate and fitness kind of flipped between the two over the years and my, my i think i started about the same time really online to, to uh, 2012, so 11 years as well for myself. So I started venturing into the online world. And back then, uh, I wanted to help people, you know, as I am the fitness copywriter was my first one. I wanted to help people, you know, I built my own fitness facility um, up with the marketing methods that I taught myself. I started sharing it with other people. And then it was all about, you know, trying to get as much growth as I could. So I had an agency. So it's all about, help, you know, growing the marketing agency, helping other people, do what i did and you know as much as i loved those days and it gave me a great framework and obviously i learned a fuck ton and i made my clients an absolute fortune again similar now I, I couldn't think of of anything i'd rather not do than sit there and just sat at a typewriter or oh, typewriter hold on the <laughs> 1800s fine. have called they want their technology back so laptop laptop and again for those of you who are desk-bound or office-bound, you know, I'm not, you know, belittling your idea. It's just that for me, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a very personable character. I like to think I love humans. I like being around people and interacting with people and having conversations. And it was just me and my laptop and my brain, um, which started to drive me a little bit in shape after a while. So, yeah, very different to where I'm at now. I want to slide an interesting
1: fact, which you might not know, about the QWERTY keyboard, Mr. Meredith and why we have the QWERTY keyboard. And one of the reasons being is the the reason that the QWERTY keyboard is about is because that is the positioning of keys on the typewriter so that the the things, you know, those things that punch in the ink, it's less likely to cross if it's a QWERTY-style keyboard. So actually, when you look at the keyboard on our uh, laptops and our phones, it's really not needed because we no longer have the technology that you grew up on <laughs> when you started your business um with smashing in loads of ink
0: onto a paper well i have an interest interesting fact as well jamie uh the human anus can stretch up to seven inches before taking damage a raccoon can squeeze into a hole as tight as four inches meaning you can take almost two full raccoons in your ass believe in yourself <laughs> It's another quote from a meme. There you go. Just juxtaposing the difference of quotes from myself and Mr. Alderson there. Fantastic. So Dan, if I was at a cocktail party
1: and you were having a very nice non-alcoholic cocktail and I went up to you and said, Miss Meredith, what is it that you do? What would your response be?
0: Am I trying to look cool or am I being a little bit more on the down low, am I trying been, to impress it? I I would want two
1: responses. I'd want the response where you are networking to create opportunities uh-huh. for yourself and your business, and then where you're not networking and you just want to catch up and chill, cool with with strangers. Str- yeah.
0: To be honest, I have got like kind of three answers, and that one is quite good. If it's kind of where everyone's swinging their dicks around a little bit and trying to see who's the 30 bird, big bollocks there, I might just say I'm an author. It's a really good opening statement because I am, you know, million plus books and audio books of a, you know, legit one as well. Um, not on Amazon ninth category down one hour bestseller. Um, if I'm being a bit more down low, I would say I work in mark- business and marketing. Simple as that one. But I, if someone was to ask me, I am a business and mindset coach. That's what I do. So, I help. If I was to kind of sum it up, I help people achieve, you know, happiness and success on their terms by getting clarity, being more productive, optimizing the individual as well as their life, and helping them grow their business based on their core beliefs and values. So, I kind of have a you know again if people then asked further down, so it's kind of like you know, I have everything from free, so I have my free groups where you can come in and ask questions and learn because I didn't have that resource when I was starting out. Um, I have my coaching groups, one's called Espresso with Dan, which is one I'm sort of most known for, coffee with Dan, and Espresso with Dan, which is like a membership site, which is kind of like you know, for people starting out getting up to the sort of six figure level, and then I work, you know privately with people and i do sort of consulting and one-to-one and speaking gigs so i'd say my my one-to-one clients are generally low well so low to mid six to eight figures plus business owners and it really is kind of like the beautiful thing when you get to that level it's kind of like little tweaks it's like small adjustments can have massive impact so one-to-one i want people a little bit further down the line people are kind of you know starting out to that mid-level position and my coaching group for that one and then I've got, you know, some other products and services as well. You know, I kind of, you know, do corporate stuff. I do speaking gigs. I can be invited in to do stuff. So if that's someone was like drilling me down onto it, because it's it's quite broad, you see. And I'm a big fan of niching down. And I would advise anyone listening if you're if you're growing your business in the early days, having a, a niche, niche, niche is really, really helpful because it helps you and it also helps your potential client find you. But as I've grown, I've realized that what I've learned can be applied to so many different types of businesses that's kind of my broader spectrum now so i've got people with you know big massive bricks and mortar construction type businesses to like really fancy complicated online funnel kind of stuff you know coaches heating all sorts of things it's a i gotta be honest i fucking love my job i've a really really cool bunch of people and you know what because i'm myself online and i'll ask the same questions you in a bit i don't attract dickheads i have people who are cool you know, as much as it is work and I throw myself into it as well. Um, there's a real good bit of advice there for you. Cause I mean, to that that might've sounded like just a big hardcore pitch, but what I'm trying to say is, is that, yeah, I've got a fantastic job with these amazing clients. I've attracted the right ones and I've repelled the wrong ones. You know, I, I have a dirty sense of humor. I do swear. Um, you know, I have my opinions on things and the right people have come in, but the wrong people have just kind of on their own way so it's by you know a little tip for you there if you are putting yourself out there marketing yourself trying to grow something is be yourself and I say the people I attract now that I've done more work on myself when it's very compared to say when I started where I was you know a little bit broken there are a few things that were you know were, were a miss let's put it that way um the caliber of the people I work with now are just cool When I was a little bit more broken, a bit more wild drinking party and being crazy, still successful, I attracted people that were a little bit more like that myself, and they were harder to work with, and I didn't get the results I do now because I just got fucking corpy.
1: Excellent. That's
0: awesome. And what about you, Jamie? We're at this hypothetical cocktail party, and you're there, and I'm looking at you, probably in a nice cashmere jumper, and thinking, my word, this gentleman has some rather large biceps. Um, I wonder what he does. What would you say, Mr. J? Dolphin trainer. (laughs) Dolphin (laughs) trainer. I came out. (laughs) You dickhead.
1: This is not our
0: dynamic. I say the stupid shit. (laughs) Now,
1: if if I'm being honest, um, it depends how long they've got. It depends if it's a brief one, but I normally say, Uh uh, you know, I'm a fitness and mindset coach. I just help people... Uh healthier happier fitter and stronger um that's kind of the the very kind of short thing but yeah you know when i ask myself what it is that i do and what i like to do you know my business is split down into two parts it's kind of b2b business to business and b2c business to customer uh-huh. client or consumer whichever one you are there um the the b2c side is very much mindset based uh, i have a brand new program called Mindset with Muscle, which has taken me hundreds of hours to build over the last eight months. And it's finally finished. And um, Congratulations. Hand, it, yeah. Hand on heart. I've just put 10 years of my knowledge and experience into that, which is super, super uh, exciting. Uh, you now We've got a few hundred people in it now, and the aim is to get as many people in that as possible. The other side for me is kind of three sides as well. I would say I'm a creator at heart. If I okay. had nothing to do for the day at all and I'm bored, probably the first thing i do is get my phone out and create a piece of content because I love video, I love editing, I love creating content. is what I've done for the last 10 years. And, you know, whenever I don't do it for a while, I get a little bit itchy-fingered and bored. So I'm very much a creator at heart. And the second part of my business from a B2B point of view is for the last kind of five years, I've helped personal trainers scale and grow their businesses online by understanding social media, understanding how to kind of market themselves online and understand how to build kind of digital products and systems. And a lot of that, which I teach, has just come from breaking down the things that I've done in the last 10 years. That really exploded in 2020 um, because... Once again, lots of gyms closed, lots of people had to sh- transition online and lots of people say, oh, who knows this online shit? And they're <laughs> like, Jay, because i had been doing it since 2012. I remember sitting in a room with a load of coaches in 2013 and I remember the speaker saying, so which one, you know, how many of you have um, done online training? And out of about a hundred coaches, there was about three that put their hand up. And then the next question was, how many clients do you have online?" And one said two, the one said three, and I said 178. <laughs> <clears throat> and people were like, what? Strong you, flex. You, hang, hang on a minute. You're what? How have you got 178 clients? And this is 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, because I saw the potential in online coaching. And for me, when I had my little studio on, on, a, on an industrial estate by a prison in the middle of nowhere, I you know, was really struggling to get people to come there. And what I realized was I had about 3,000 followers on Facebook. And then how I kind of started my online business was I used to, on Saturdays, get the train up to London, sit in a coffee shop all day and do diet consultations. I'd write the programs on Sunday and then email them on a Monday. And that's how I kind of started my online business and picking up clients and doing packages and then suddenly ventured down the membership route. And uh, it's kind of an interesting story. I was at the win in Las Vegas at the Bodybuilding Very nice doc- hotel. Yeah. No, I was going to say bodybuilding.com after party. It was the muscle tech after party. And the who's who of fitness was then. We were talking to a very drunk Greg Plitt. A rest, you know, uh, rest in peace. And he was incredibly drunk. But well, we were chatting and... He was. He had GregPlit.com and this was this must have been two thousand and fourteen, and he was telling me that you know he had twenty five thousand members paying ten dollars a month, and I obviously put my drink down, got my fingers out, and was like, "I'm going to create a subscription site." <laughs> yeah, and uh, I create you know within three months of that conversation, I created Grenadej. dot com, and had a a thousand members. So that kind of kickstarted fucking me. Good. Yeah. So, you know, 3,000, no, it was 1,000 members at £8 or £8.99 a month. And there's me, a personal trainer in this, on this industrial state by prison charging £50 an hour for people. And there's me having 1,000 people online paying me £8 a month. And I was like, cool, I know where I need to focus my energy and time. And it's on the online stuff because one of the biggest kind of takeaways from me in business is that you're paid for your mind, not for your time. And if you can extract your mind into frameworks, products, videos, tutorials, and automations, then you can pretty much scale your business into the many hundreds and thousands. And that's very much what I teach people these days of how to extract their mind, digitize it all so they can kind of have assets in their business that are scalable.
0: That's beautiful, mate. And we're not sharing this just to get our willies out and fucking waggle them in the face and how great we're doing. Um, Me and Jay both started out with absolutely, fair to say, I'm not speaking for you, but with no real fucking idea where we'd end up. And I don't think either of us thought we'd end up here. And since, you know, um, I mean, I wrote my book, How to Be Fucking Awesome... I believe it was 2016, it might have been 2015, I do forget, to be honest with you, but I think it's seven years old, coming up to this April, um, I think so, and it's done phenomenally, it's changed my life, but it's also changed millions, and then the ripple effect of that of others' lives. When I wrote that book, the stuff that I spoke to you about today, I didn't have, it didn't exist, you know, I put on a big event, I backed myself to fill it out, I thought, fuck it, why not write a book as well, people were asking me to do it, and I thought, okay, well I'll condense what I've learned from. You know, all the meetings I've been to, all the coaching I've done, all of the, you know, marketing that I've been building and all of the consulting I've been doing into this one book. You know, I was an absolute growth junkie. You know, I consumed everything, but I also consumed and then did. And then I found out what worked. I kind of, um, my mentor did say to me, he said, like, you're like the Homer Simpson of entrepreneurship sometimes, because I just bring it down to what I call the Homer Simpson level is that a lot of people were selling complexity, it was really tricky, you got to do all these fucking hundreds of steps and now like you just need to bring it down to these basic steps. So I would take these quite big concepts and break it down into actually actionable steps that people could do and that has turned into the career that I have now. So I'm telling you this because if you are doing something right now, maybe you're growing something or maybe you're looking to grow something or improve something part of your life, Depending on what age you are, I will say as you get a little older um and commitments kick in, it is a, you know it's a little harder because you have less time and less energy and resources um than you do when you're young. So if you're listening to this and young, you're you're ahead of me and Joe already. You already are. But you if you keep going and keep growing, there we go, got that one out, um, you don't know where you're gonna end up. And that's the beautiful thing. Neither of us had any plan to be here. So I'm hoping for those of you that are listening that may be thinking, you know, wow, maybe I could do something like that with my life. Well, yes, you can. You do have to take action. You do have to invest. And that is a mixture of time, money, uh, and energy. It's a mixture of the three, depending on what you've got. It depends on how quick you can get there and how you know efficient you can be achieving your goals. I've had loads of missteps over the year. Loads of things have gone wrong. Things didn't work out. Launches that fail certain other businesses that didn't quite go as well. But equally, I've learned from those and then I kind of come back quicker and build faster as I move forward. So if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I'd like to do what you do. Maybe you're listening to us thinking, well, give it a go. You just don't know. And this is the thing, like neither of us expected to be here on this podcast with the business that we have right now. And if you don't think your life can change or you can improve things, then as I said before, you're you're probably going to be right. But we are sort of like living proof. In time, really good shit can happen if you keep, you know, growing and learning and doing. So
1: Dan, slightly sidewards, but I think it'd be really beneficial for people to hear. What was the worst product or launch that you've ever done? What was it called and what did you do?
0: And how did you fuck it up? So I was two, really. Um, One was, this was going back. So I had an agency, I'd done the Coffee with Dan thing. And I don't know if Espresso Adan, which is the coaching group, I don't know if that existed right now. We're selling like, um, you know, sort of four to eight week long coaching packages, doing some one-to-one stuff. You know, I had some agency stuff as well. And people, this was when everyone was like, yeah, you know, this was the, the golden days of, you know, paid traffic, for example. So I had a friend of mine who worked with me on the agency and she knew everything about Facebook traffic. You know, everything. She broke it all down. She put this you know, amazing course together with myself because I used to, you know, run ads back in the day. Um, We put this all singing, all dancing. And I remember asking people, do you want this? You know, I'd kind of, you know, seeded the audience. I'd got interest. We thought, I I think, I think it was like a thousand pound product, which for what you got and the level of, you know, you got the, the coursework, you got templates, you got copy, you got coaching. It was really, you know, kind of a, quite a lot. And I was hoping we'd do 30 to 50. We could handle that at uh, uh, one. And I had done everything right, everything for it. But honestly, what what I realized was at the time is that my audience um, wasn't really ready for that at the time, you know, to suddenly go into paid traffic, into uh, it's investing in paid media. It's It's a bit of a different skill set. And the people that I know that are really, really fucking good at it are like hyper-focused, real detail-orientated people. And do you know what? A lot of the entrepreneurs that were kind of in my world then weren't really like that. They're more like visionaries. They were doers, a bit more creative. They, they do the work, but to have that, you know, a lot of them, not a lot of them, but some of them, uh, I think they like the idea of doing it But then the reality is I'm going to have to sit down and do all this tech stuff and all this back-end stuff just absolutely, it absolutely tanked. So that was the first one. And the second one, and this is just for those of you who are, you know, who have your own business and maybe worry you're, you know, um, not making the sales you want to do, or you know, you want to be charging more for what you do, something like that. I remember this one. So I, I there's a part of me that's a little bit, um, I'm, you know, not going to talk about politics or anything like that. But there's certain things where I sway one side, from the other, you know, different things I believe in, you know, different um, degrees of uh, of of that sort of spectrum. But for me, I really wanted to give some... I wanted to over-deliver. So I was a bit more sort of a socialist kind of thing. Like, yep, we give everyone everything for a crazy low price. And I built this program, this course, which was everything. It was like 12 modules of everything that I'd spent, I think at that point, close to sort of like reinvesting about $150,000 in education and mentoring a call. Like I'd written... And plus, years and years of doing it. The bonuses... I mean, I absolutely stacked it to shit with, like, 20 extra hours of recordings. There was templates. There was PDFs. There was Excel tracking sheets. There was fucking everything. And launched it, thinking it was such a crazy price, yeah? And I had a handful of sales. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is literally how to build a business in a box. There's nothing else you could need here. And what I'd done with that one is I'd actually priced it far too low. People did not believe you were going to get what you got for the price. So it's just like, you know, say if you went into like your, say, you know, I, say you went into your local supermarket, you know, sometimes they got like the the, the tech bit in there, like the big Aster near me. It's got the bit where it's got a bit of, you know, TVs and microwaves and all that kind of stuff. If you saw a 70 inch widescreen OLED you know, Sony TV, like the absolute fucking granddaddy of fucking TVs. Yeah, for two hundred quid, you'd be like, "What's going on?" What's
1: it's going a giant, on. It's,
0: it's funny you say that. Um,
1: the story of Turtle Wax—they priced it um, at about a dollar a bottle, and it didn't uh-huh. sell because people didn't want to put something that cheap on their car. They moved it to eight dollars, yeah. and it became one of the best-selling products today. So it is so yeah. true that you can underprice things, and um, it, you know, as you said too, it reminded me of two things that completely flopped. Um, say completely flopped. So I, I learned a lot from it. Uh, the first one was when I launched my gym. We spent around twenty-five thousand pound on a custom website for the gym, and this—the reason that we spent so long um, on it was first, it was all custom coded. Secondly. Uh-huh we created the Fitness Facebook. So we basically taken Facebook and literally created um, the Fitness Facebook. So it looked like Facebook. You could put, create an account profile. You could like, you could comment. You can interact with people. We're going to build this massive network thing. And then we're going to sell digital products too. And um, we launched, we sold about 300 digital products. Now that does sound impressive to some people, but 300 products that say, £19 pounds each for a £25,000 oh. website and and the community we got about three 400 people in but the average person would post twice and just not go back in and the reason being is people hadn't built up the habits to go into a community that's not Facebook and the difference between a Facebook group and what I built was Facebook was free and I realised... Yeah that I could have sold that many products using a landing page, which I could have built on ClickFunnels for $99. So, and, and, it, and the worst thing about it is it was all custom-coded, and I don't write code. So if anything uh-huh. needs tweaking, changing, you have to find somebody who can do that, and the person that did do that as part of the company that did it charges minimum... 150 pounds an hour. So even if it was a five-minute tweak or an upload of a file, 150 which, quid, 150 quid. So once again, that was a massive, massive, massive mistake, a very costly mistake, and yeah. uh, never again. Uh, I'm always reluctant with custom-coded websites, especially with what we have now. We can pretty much drag and drop and have something of high quality. Uh, the next one was something which I thought was going to work incredible. And I did one of those Tough Mudders, right? And I was like, what I love about Tough Mudder and those kind of obstacle events was that you kind of, as a group, all gather together and get through the suffering. And it's a very good bonding session. And what I decided to do was create Warrior Weekend. What Warrior Weekend was about was a weekend of this kind of stuff, doing obstacle courses. God, I
0: remember that. Mm. God, yes, I remember that now.
1: Yeah, doing high rope things. And... I, without a shadow of a doubt, it's phenomenal. Um, myself and David, uh, we flew over. It was in Belfast. Uh, we were going to be renting out two hundred acres of land, and they have everything there. The place is like a playground. It's amazing. Um, we had accommodation there. We had huts. We had everything. This was going to be the best. In fact, you know, even when I'm talking about the product, wise is incredible. Yeah. And we launched, and you know, I was just like, right, first hundred people get tickets for 199 pounds. And we launched. And I thought these are going to be like gone because we did all the marketing gone. and thing. Um, yep. Six people. Six mm, people. Shit. And then after about a week, I think we had eight people. And then I realized this, like I've put a deposit down a few thousand and to actually run this is going to cost, you know, more than that. So actually I'll cut my losses and cancel it. And I was so annoyed because I was like, What did yeah, this was the perfect product. This was everything. What went uh, wrong? And then I realised. Firstly, was I was marketing it B to C and marketing it to people who not only have to pay two hundred pounds for a ticket, but they also have to fly over to Belfast too and pay for that. And also it was in August. What happens in August? Summer holidays. So uh Picture you will, 35 year old man That says to his wife and kids I'm just going to disappear for 4 days Um, It's going to cost about £400 And uh, I'll see you later Um, Wife is going to go No you're fucking not That's our holiday money And uh, you can fuck off And once again same um, For uh, the ladies out there Not going to be able to come Because kids are on summer leave And they're probably on holiday If I'd done it B2B People could have looked at it as an expense, a a personal development weekend, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the main reasons wasn't the fact that it was a poor product. It was just poor timing. And it Uh was a realization that, and for those of you who do run a business and doing things online, if you are trying to market or sell anything that is personal development, improvement, health, happiness, and that, make sure you're not marketing around Easter, around uh, summer holidays, and around Christmas, unless you are getting people to sign up for something for the New Year, big big uh-huh. mistake. When people are highly distracted with kids and with um, trying not to go insane, the last thing they want to do is buy shit for that thing. So once again, um, I would say never say never because I'd love to do it again. But uh-huh. you know, as you know, events, logistics, and everything—it's uh, it's a ball lake, and I'd rather do stuff online.
0: Good. Um, the thing is we've both learned from our mistakes and I, you know, I've talked about, um, I think I've talked about in the previous four like how I plan my diary and the structure I put in. So I am not a naturally organized person, i become very organized, and very disciplined by using my phone. So I put things on daily weekly and monthly repeats and I go through it every month or so just to double check that I'm not missing things so if anything you know I'll do my self-audits and I'll have my team reviews and if I'm you know dropping the ball somewhere or something starts to taper off I'll you know respin that plate reprogram my phone etc but basically I, my phone tells me what to do and I work three weeks on one week quotation marks off now that's what's effectively known in my businesses as off week I'm still around for my private clients if they need me. They can just message me. My team handle the membership site and coaching group. At that point, we do like a kind of challenge every month, call it Sprint Week, where we basically learn a new skill. But one of the things that I learned is I have, and I think you do as well, Jay, um, both me and Jay have quite high work capacities, as in we can push ourselves quite hard. We can tolerate quite a lot of stress. And we can tolerate that stress, the pressure, the lack of sleep, the risk for longer than average. So that's something that, you know, again, not natural, by the way, is a learned things like much like a muscle. I've trained it to be like so. But I work and I worked my clients um, at quite a hard pace. So, you know, we would have calls every week with our coaching and the mentoring and they'd get to about maybe three, four months and they burn out. Okay. And because we just go, 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 go all the time since I've moved to this three-one model, so we like work together for three weeks, then it's a week where they have like things to do and catch up on and life and stuff, I've had some of the best clients ever who've been with me for years, wonderful people, because I've also learned myself is that my work great based on my life, my own unique abilities, you know, I, I'm i a chronotype, I'm a bit like, I think it's the dolphin is me, which is funny seeing as you said that earlier, so I don't uh get an awful lot of sleep but the sleep i get kind of gets again i'm I'm always quite an active brain so i don't need a major amount of sleep i do get good sleep and it's really really important but i i can handle quite a lot of work and i can handle quite a lot of pressure and stress and i can do a lot and obviously you know i don't have some of the commitments and issues me yes i have my little sister who i help looking afterwards but it's you know different when you've got family and kids and stuff like that and i had to learn um you know just because i can work at a certain pace other people can and since most of my clients now married have kids you know have commit dependents and stuff like that the 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 coaching and the mentoring i do now is realistic and i'm sort of segueing into something i want to say is that when you see people or you hear people like me and jay talking and stuff you know i'm always and i like to think i've done this on the podcast very mindful of my specific situation my energy my ability to do things because there's certain things i don't have in my life right now which should make it difficult for other people to do and vice versa so the kind of advice that i give now is very mindful it's quite holistic and it's not all just about business we have to factor in real life commitments health sleep nutrition wellness all that kind of good stuff because what i was doing is i was making people very successful but i wasn't necessarily making them happy and now i want to create happy entrepreneurs who also happen to be very successful healthy wealthy, having fun, connected, good relationships, etc. Because that's what's important to me. And I will say for those of you listening um, who you know maybe have a, a financial goal that you want to hit or you want to push towards something, fucking go for it. Give it your all. But I will say if you're anchoring your happiness on a certain financial milestone and think you'll be a, a happier person or a different i've learned the hard way you're not and i I had some inner work that i had to do you know not you know i've I've been very honest in the past of my my ups and downs in the past i thought when i achieved certain you know six figure months you know all this kind of certain things a big year all these kind of like milestones you see in the first way that i suddenly be happier and i wasn't and what's actually got me happy i don't regret it and i'm glad i did it but now it's that balance between you know for me work is you know outside of my you know personal health you know, sleep and stuff. Work is a is a big priority because that gives me the resources to help more people, help my family, help myself, help others, etc. So I'm a big believer in. With my work is I everything for me, and it's probably to my own detriment is custom. So I work with the person and their situation, and it's not you know week one we do this, week two we do that, week three we do that because you listener are an individual. So when you see people online say you want to do this, you got to get up, but Okay, this time, or read it. You know, what? you can, and I know you're a big proponent of the morning stuff. But I'm an evening person, so I do my version of that in the evening. You've got to find what works for you. And if you are going to invest in someone, like a course, or a coach, or a mentor, or be part of a group or something, is just is that person's values, you know, aligned with you? Do you resonate with that person? Is it realistic what they're asking you? And a lot of what I say to people is, is you know, is. You know, we can go for these crazy big goals and grow these massive... But we can do that. It can totally be done. But is it going to make you happy? Are you doing it for the right reasons? Are you actually clear on why you're doing the things you're doing? Whereas before, I just go straight in and go, yeah, let's do all the things, make all the money. Whereas now, still going to do that, but why? And we kind of get clearer on that as well. So that's just kind of a bit of an evolution of of myself as a coach.
1: Yeah, I think the same for me too. You know, like I did an email this week just talking about the difference for me. You know, when I first had my business well you know had my business partners built the gym and that I was working seven days a week you know for me it was all hustle grind get it done outwork people out you know and I was people would look at me like I'm a bloody machine and I liked people looking at me like that like I was relentless like I you know like I was different and all I was doing was delaying the inevitable that you are a human being you need rest you need recovery you need time off you're not special you're not different um, if you're not doing it now and this is the same with anything, it will just catch up and bite you in the ass more extreme later, and it did. And that is the same thing with those things. Yes, it's okay to put your foot down on the gas from time to time as long as you have an action plan for taking it off, very much like your' three weeks on and one week off. It's like cool. you can go hell for leather for twenty one days because you know and and most people know is that, that a week off. yeah. and you know, it's that kind of Friday feeling. You'll always go hard on a Friday if you know you've got the next day off and it's the mindset of that because you can be absolutely exhausted on friday but in your head you're like that's cool because i'm not going to do fuck all tomorrow and it's just having that because i'm not going to do fuck off fuck all tomorrow and that off the gas that actually helps your brain relax reset um and re-energize something that a lot of people feel very guilty about doing they worry about doing or they feel that they're lazy or they're unable to do it and you know I've actually this year changed quite a bit. I'm working a lot more this year. I'm doing a lot more this year. I'm not taking as much time off. But once again, that is choice. The things that I am keeping solid in my routines is the fact that I have no social media or tech after eight, that I have weekends off. And um, I'm very ruthless with my time with regards to that. And any time that I am spending doing more things, it's on my own things that I actually want to do. And learning the power
0: of saying no. And I think this oh, is... massive, mate. Massive. Yeah. That whole no piece is a really understated thing. A lot of what I'm sure you do with your clients as well, a lot of what I do is saying no to people. Because much like I do, I say I want to do all the fucking things and it's just true, you know, having, I think I'm like 3,000 plus people I've coached now over the last 10 years. It's quite a jump. Obviously, know what works and what doesn't work statistically and probability wise, but saying no is a big part of my, is my job is actually getting people to focus on the actual key, you know, needle movers in their business and in their life. And that, and also from a self-reflective point of view, like you've done there, does this serve me? That's a thing that I kind of go over, and if it doesn't, it's not. A, it's not a fuck you. It's not, I'm not interested. It's just. It's just a no. It's just a no. Thank you. You know, I'm very much on mission. I think we're both in kind of a growth phase right now, and I think we're both saying a no to a lot more because we're focused singularly on one or two key things. E- exactly, and and here's the thing, like.
1: A lot of people might feel in their businesses like they don't know what they're doing, like they feel like they're doing everything and they're not getting nowhere. And a lot of the time when it comes to that, you just need somebody to take a look at it from the outside in. And it's an important thing to understand. And, you know, we talk about the importance of having coaches and mentors and investing people. You can't see the label when you're stuck inside the jar. And this is the same with your businesses. You know, you are in that jar and you just can't see what other people can see, and sometimes just it just takes somebody to go. You're doing this, this, and this, and you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that, and you should be, you know, you should be doing that. That can make a massive, massive difference because most of the time in your business, most of the time in your life, and you'll find this as well, Dan, as a, a coach and a mentor. It's just having someone there to give you the nod that you're doing the right thing, and that can yeah. save a lot of time and effort because that's a lot of what you're trying to do. So I'm thinking of doing that. I'm thinking of doing that they're outside the jar they can give you the right opinion and um and i think it's so important to find and have those people you can bounce ideas off because you can just be honest yeah. with them i'm th- i'm thinking of doing this what do you think um I'm, and it's it's worth tenfold what you're probably going to pay for them just to have someone in your corner
0: like that which you can just bounce ideas off
1: both from business very and in life. useful
0: yeah, I mean, if I look at all the periods, including my very first sort of growth spurt in business, every time I've worked with, you know, I had a, a long-term mentor for several years now, um, and there's a difference between coaching and, and mentoring, which we'll sort of talk about in a little bit. But every time I've had, you know, mentors and coaches and invested in people who are who have taken time to check out as well. You know, these are people that I've, you know, seen over time. They've got proven results. They weren't, you know, new. And I'm not saying if you are new to this, your industry, by the way, you can't do the job, but it's just for me. I just took a little bit of time. Have they been around a long time? Have they got a proven track records? You know, can they back up some of the things they're saying? But when I invested in, you know, coaches and mentors and groups and courses and, you know, books and stuff like that, and there's all different levels you can start at. I mean, my first investment was $90, $97. My first bit was a, as an email coaching. I got an email every day and I did what the email told me. That's it. Um, that was the first thing I ever invested in. And then I got on upsell for a call for a hundred bucks off it. And it's fucking changed my life. Um, but every, you know, the, the periods of growth and success and achievement have always, I've always had someone in my corner um, guiding that growth period. And it's not always, I you know, said, so sometimes they give me that, yep, like it's the sounding board, but oftentimes, and this is what I do with my clients is it's, we're not always trying to be right every time we're trying to be wrong far, far less often. So the less mistakes we made, statistically, the more success we are going to make. I'm not suggesting I advise people to make mistakes or fuck up, you know, everything is done on best knowledge, practice intentions, but the less people make mistakes, the more likely they're going to do the right thing. And that's, for me, part of a key part of my job and also for the times that i've worked with coaches and mentors and been part of groups and stuff it's that they've had my best interests at heart and for me this is me personally if i'm just a number i'm just a line on a paypal or a stripe account I, I you know it doesn't you know if it's a digital product or a book or something then that's fine but you know i've invested in people and i and i've not had the personal touch and they've not given a fuck and they've not reached out and so on and so forth i mean yeah i probably could have things like automations and, you know, things handled on my behalf. I could have a maybe a VA replying to my messages in my inbox and stuff. But for me, I know this really successful, powerful, influential people took the time to reply to me, interact with me, talk to me in my early days, and you know, actually spend time with me as a human being. So that's why I personally, that's why I do that. You know, it is Dan. If you invest in Dan, you get Dan. Um, and my team, obviously, in the kind of group format. But I'm a big believer in investing in the person and having a genuine personal interest in my client's growth. Like I, I don't work with anyone I don't like because I get quite invested in them. Like I want them to win. I don't, you know, you could have all the money in the world if you're a fucking asshole, don't agree with what you're doing, if it doesn't align with my values. No, no, thank you. So I think it'd be good to finish,
1: Dan, by what you think is the difference between a coach and a mentor. Um because when I, you know, when I look at myself, people say that I'm a coach. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I prefer to mentor people. And my kind of oh. definition is this: you know, if you want me to coach you, then sign up to one of my programs, follow the system, and jump in once a week for the support. If you want to be mentored by me, then of course I understand it's going to cost you a lot more, and that there is a limited amount of uh, bandwidth for that and places for that, and. What that's going to be is it's not necessarily giving you the framework. It's going to give you the ideas and and show you the direction, in the hope and and I say hope in in I, I wouldn't even want to hope that you did this because if you got to be a mentor by me, I'd assume you'd be doing this, that you take yeah. action on it because uh. there's something really wrong if you know you're paying me what that. Is to be mentored by me, and I'm telling you to do stuff, and you're not doing it. There's something fundamentally uh, yeah. wrong with that because uh, that's you can the pay whole your point. money,
0: but you can't. You've got to do the action bit as well. It's kind of quite fucking important.
1: Yeah, and that's the, you know for me, that's something in coaching. Coaching is pretty much here's the, the here's a program, here's the framework, here's the, here's the support. You know, ten percent uh, of people are actually going to do the work; ninety percent are probably not. Whereas mentorship is going to be paying a lot more. It's going to be you know you probably having a mentor you're going to have some certain aspect of success because of course the, the pricing of mentorship and the the group and you know for you and me we get to pick and choose who those people are but we uh-huh. the main assumption of that and some do slip slip through the net from time to time is that we're going to guide you and the things to do and then you're going to go and do it
0: yeah you're gonna learn from the mistakes we've made so you can get there quicker and like I remember saying this to some of the people I get to work with one to one like this you know there's a couple of people in their like early 30s I'm working with who are doing really fucking well and I'm like you started look at I said look at where you are compared to where I was at your age you're gonna absolutely If you keep going you're gonna absolutely by the time you're my age you'll be fucking smashing it you'll be absolutely dominating it and that's you know there was just a little little story from my week this week but for me um i have a slightly different way of looking at it so coaching um is often like skill development for me so it's where you're you're being taught a skill you're learning a skill um coaching can be sort of what i'd say sort of short to medium term uh sort of like three to 12 months i think so obviously i have coaches that have been with me for years but i'm always learning skills with them especially in whether boxing and stuff there's always something i can learn and tweak and do better i adore my coach um say my strength and conditioning coach just one, they'll be with me for a long period of time whether they want to or not they're stuck with me until they're going nowhere um for me mentorship is a little bit more holistic so it's a case of yes we do the business stuff and the marketing and all that kind of stuff but it's like the mindset element it's the personal element it's the uh it's the individual and their life themselves so mentoring is for me is about guiding the person to improve everything over time it's a lot more of a personal Relationship, so I don't work with that many people like that because you know I I am very fortunate. I've got a lot of energy, but I you know for example I saw someone who said yeah, no names or anything, but they said they have a, a a mentoring uh group, and I'm like okay, and I'm like and it was like two hundred and eighty odd people. I'm like you can't mentor two hundred eighty people because there's a there's a personal investment, there's a time investment, there's an energetic investment, and if you're looking after someone's life and their business and their growth. And you've got to be invested in it. And that's what I said about not being a you know a number on a Stripe account. So different for me, um, slightly different, sort of, you know, how I see it as. But I do think if you're in a position to do so, um, you know, coaches and mentors really can accelerate your growth in all areas of life. And for me, I would say just as a guy, I know I was a little bit reticent to kind of like ask for help and, and put myself out there and for stuff like that. And you know, a lot of my, my friends, um, my sort of school friends and stuff you know, have never had any form of coaching or mentoring or development. It's just not, you know, unless it's part of their, their job, it's just, you know, they do their, their work sort of thing. But for me, it has been a game changer and I feel very lucky and privileged now that I have a job where I get to do the same for others. And yeah, for me, it's it's the most rewarding job I've ever had because I get to change lives and
1: it's fucking awesome. 100%. And that's why, you know, I keep my groups small. I- You know, my group at the moment is my elite coaching group. I work with a small handful of fitness coaches who run fitness businesses who are looking to just master the digital and social media and really the systems and strategies around running their physical businesses too. And it's it's great the fact that, you know, I'm a massive fan of group coaching. I don't do any one-to-one stuff and, you know, It's how I like to work, but also it's nice to Uh see a certain demographic of people who are doing quite well to then jump on and, you know, bounce ideas off each other because they don't just learn from me, they learn from each other. And Uh when it's a specific niche, and of course ours are, you know, fitness businesses and online, they're all doing the same kind of things, just differently. So they learn just as much from each other. And, you know, for me, that's great because, you know, with any kind of pricing becomes promise i could charge them probably four or five times as much if it was more kind of kind of you know one-to-one kind of personalized okay. but it's not how i want to work and i can you know for, for what i want to give with my time and the value that they get from it it's definitely 10 times what they're paying so yeah. we found
0: what works for us and that's the beautiful thing you know the businesses we've built are based around our beliefs our energy how we like to work what we like to do you know, I've got a group thing coming up soon, but it, I had to also make sure that I can cert, hashtag lol, enough of myself into it so that, you know, the value was there. And, you know, I for those of you who are listening to this, you maybe wondered why we spoke about this today, but we just, we really just wanted to kind of sort of give you a little bit about our story, show you where we're getting now, because we have got quite a few people who have reached out and said, you know, wanted to learn from us, wanted to, you know, model certain things. And, you know, we've had some fun. So thank you, by the way, if, you, if you've taken the time to send us a message and and I'll just sort of wrap up with this you know me and Jay different beasts you know we've got different ways of working different mental models different marketing models different everything okay and I just want to say this if you ever think me or Jay can help you personally or professionally reach out to us so for me if you ever think I can help you best place to get me is probably at Instagram I'd say Instagram which should be at the real Dan Meredith or you can drop me an email at dancoffeewithdan.com I like to hear from you even if you actually you know not ready yet, or maybe you're not too sure, just reach out, say hi, tell me about yourself. I love human beings, I like interacting. So, if you think I can help you in any way, fucking reach out for help. And if I can't, or maybe I'm out of your range yet, or you're not ready for it, I'll point you in the right direction. So, if I can help, that's how I can help you. Jay, what about if people want to, you know, interested in working with you and stuff like that? Yeah, same for me. You know, if it, if it
1: is personal development you know, as I said, woman mindset, muscle, if it is social media or digital, if you are a fitness coach or fitness business, then DM me on Instagram. You know, I do have a lot of followers, but it's me that oh, will get back to you. Yes, I have automations Brilliant. in place there, um, but you will get a um, a response from me. I do have this massive, you know, this massive team. You know, I've got um, my right-hand man, Jason, who does help out, but, you know, most of my time is spent... Um, in the dms responding to people so if there is anything love, that you think i could help with then just pops a dm on instagram i think that's it done i think that was a great it is um an awesome session so people know a little bit more about us our fuck-ups our failures and um and yeah it's just been what we do. One, once again a, a, an interesting journey which will continue for many years to come Ladies and gents, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please make sure you i was sure you share it on your socials. There you go. She sells seashells on the seashore. Your reviews, your shares mean everything to us. We absolutely love the fact that you are tagging us in and listening to the podcast because it just motivates us to get back on each week and drop the knowledge bombs. But ladies and gents, I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. I have been your body, Jamie
0: Alderton. And I have been your beast, Dan Meredith. Take care.